The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm a little bit sleepy. Me too. Me too. Me too. I, I was having a stomach ache. That was I go. I was sleeping. Yeah. So, how many of you were listening during the last reading when we read the gospel when I was reading? Okay. Okay. For those of you who weren't. And some of you might already know this, but I'm going to read some of these. And one of them is written very prominently in our church. I want you to see if you can see it. When you do see it, put your finger on your nose, okay? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look around. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Anywhere? Okay. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. No? No, it's not all of them. It's just one of them. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. No. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. All right. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It's behind me. There you go. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Do you see it? If you don't see it, I will stand up. See back here? Written all along this green band up top. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
blessed are the pure, is on this side of the wall. And then in heart, for they, is written on this wall. And then back over here, they shall see God. There you go. So I've got a question for you all. What is normally right here where I'm standing? Yes. Yeah, the communion table. Do we have a name for that? Sometimes we call it? God's holy table. God's holy table. Anything else? The floor. The floor. Almost. The chairs. Very close. A long, well not so long ago, but a while ago we used to have communion here. And we called this an altar. Now we bring a table down because it is the Lord's Supper and we use a table right here so I can look out at everybody and we can share this together. Sometimes we still call it an altar. Wherever we have communion, sometimes we call that an altar. Okay. So that's the center. Yes. Sometimes we call it the altar space. Yes. Yes. I do. Why would we write, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, around the altar? Anthony? Yeah. Um, what does blessing mean? Complete the sentence for me. This is the what of Christ given for you. Yes. Blood. Yes. Body. Anything else? Body. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. When we have communion, who do we see? God. God. Or... Does God look like normal? No. no. <laughs> No, but at the same time, we know God to be there. So here at the altar, we see God. So we wrote one of those up there. What about the pure in heart? How many of you think you're pure in heart? <laughs> A lot of us just shrug. We all do stuff wrong every once in a while, right? We all do. That's not what makes you pure in heart. Just like God gives us communion freely. God gives us his body and his blood freely. God cleans us freely too. Sometimes in the font. Often in the font. But we are made pure not because of what we do, but because who loves us. God makes us good. So if you do anything good throughout your life, if you do anything wonderful, if you have good gifts to share, God has given those things. Okay, yes. Um, one day, me and Amanda and Jack were, were shopping, and then we bought some bread and grape juice. Then we ate, and then we ate it for supper for breakfast. Yeah. And I had cool. a bagel. Who makes good things? Uh, yes. Yes, and who helps them to make good things? God. Yes, 
God. God makes good things. We see that at the table, which is why we wrote one of them there. And we see it throughout life. We see it with our mom and our dad. We see it with our brothers and our sisters. We see it at school. We see it where we play. We even see it when we do homework, believe it or not. We see it all over the place. One last one. Yes. We, I know. We see it in joy. I want you this week to look for where you see God. I think I'm my room. Good. Look for where you see God. And when you do see God, wherever that might be, I want you to pray a quick prayer of thank you to God. So if you see God, quickly say thank you. That's all you need to say. Uh, Should we pray now? Yes. Let us pray. God, you have been near. And the table that we celebrate communion with, in our families and in our friends, in all kinds of places, we thank you for that. Continue to be with us and continue to help us see you. Thank you for making good things. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, let's get you unstuck. of Jesus. Amen. Way at the beginning of January, we talked about stewardship and how we were going to talk about this for the whole month of January. We talked about tithing and tithing not as a mathematical formula for figuring out what to write on your offering check or put in the envelope or drop into the plate or whatever we do. We talked about it as a relationship. We talked about it in terms of understanding that all we have and all we are is God's. And we steward, we take care of what is not ours, but God's. And in the act of giving, in the act of giving an offering, in the act of stewarding these things, we give a portion of that to God as God's own for God to continue God's work in our, con- in our congregation and throughout the world. The second week, we looked at Jesus and his beginning ministry and how he moved from the ideas of Isaiah 9, of what he would become and what he would be for us and for the whole world, and how he moved from that idea into action, into actually putting flesh and bone into practice, as he called Andrew and Peter and James and John. Things changed when he put this vision into practice, and yet that was for the good of the kingdom come and God's will be done for our good.
And as we stand today, at the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, so Jesus climbed up to the mountain after he saw the crowds began to teach. You think my sermons are long. This one's, this one's long. As he began to teach, we have one last stewardship focus. I want to ask you all a non-rhetorical question first. What does God do? What does God do? Blesses us. Everything. Everything. Creates, provides. Creates, provides. Forgives. Forgives. I hear whispers. What does God do? Heals people. He loves us. I thought you were raising your hand. I'm sorry. I agree with all of those. Let me ask you a second question. Why? Why does God do those things? Gabriel. Because he loves us. Unconditionally. Without condition. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nail on the head. Yes. He does these things because he does these things. <laughs> exactly. We can't prove why God does things. We can only take God at God's word and we can only take God at God's action. We know God does these things exactly. We know God does these things because God does these things. We know that God heals because we have seen God heal. We know that God loves because we have seen the love of God. We know that God raises us up and redeems us because we have seen that too. We have seen it in our scripture. We have heard it in the stories our families tell and we have seen it in our own lives. We know that God does these things because we have seen it. And what God has professed the reason for these things are is is love. Unconditional love. It's easy to read the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, or the Blessed Bees, and get tricked into an if-then mentality. If I am pure in heart, then I will see God. If I love mercy, then mercy will be mine. If I am mourning, then God will comfort me. If I hunger and thirst for righteousness, then I will be filled. But that's not how they're written. It's not do this and you'll receive. It is once again, this is what God does. Blessed be, proclaims God. The meek and those who hunger and thirst, those who mourn, and those who are persecuted. Everything in between. Blessed be. Not because the pure in heart 
are without sin, not because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness have no injustice in them, not because those who are mourning are somehow less than those who are laughing, or more than those who are laughing, not because of anything that these people have done. It took a long time for me to understand that every person in the Beatitudes that God is talking about in that moment is a sinner. Every one of them. Just like me. They're not above average. They're not below average. They're nothing. They're just all of us. Every one of them. God is not blessing because of something that these people have done. God is blessing because that is what God does. God blesses. And God backs the work of those who are working alongside God in the first place. As you and I finish this month, not entirely, but finish this month of our stewardship focus, we have before us a rubric, if you will, of where God will be blessing throughout 2017. This is what God will be doing. God will be blessing the following things. So if you're having a hard time, because it is hard work, if you're having a hard time of figuring out what you want your money to do, what you want your time to be about, what you want your skills to accomplish, consider what God will be doing. Where God will be blessing. We know. We know what God does. You told me. And we know what God is prone to do. May our work and our action and our lives and all that we have and all that we are be lined up with these things. It doesn't take a whole lot of time in reading the news and watching the TV to understand that people who line themselves up with God are needed in this world. That people who hunger and thirst and work for the same things that God works for are needed. You have been called in your baptism. You have been called in the reading of Scripture. You have been called and sent from the table to be the hands and feet, to be the mouths and ears, the eyes and nose and everything else that blesses. May God enable us by grace through faith to be that blessing that we were meant to be in the world. May God enable us by grace through faith to be the body of Christ as God continues to bless all. May God grant us grace to be as we know we should, as we know we're called. 
May God send us out and be with us still. Thanks be to God for the stewardship. Amen.